We are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. Is Vlogcast run as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect? Because, well, actually, it all boils down to just vitriol. I mean, really, when all is said and done. I'm Really, what more do you really need? Sometimes. Just want to piss people off. Not in a trolley way, though. For, 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 we want to do it for a reason. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I am your main host. I am known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. That's uh, S-H-U-J-I-N. We have a little bit of a truncated group a at the moment, as well as truncated video. I'll explain in a couple of moments, and uh, we'll get along to that. Let me just go ahead and introduce you to who we do have at the moment. So, from the top left-hand corner of North America, just outside the town of Acme. Yes, the town of Acme, where it is currently minus 15 Celsius. By the way, I looked it up. Yellowknife right now has, is in a heat wave of minus 24 Celsius. That's actually a heat wave right now for them. Dallin, good evening. Good evening. And yeah, uh, been through Acme once or twice. On rocket skates? Uh, no. <laughs> I think no. that was coming. Um, now, just, just, to, um, just to disavow a few people uh, uh, who are probably thinking that um, there is a great number of hastily made crappy quality things up in Acme, uh, no. As somebody Just who, a lot of horses. <laughs> as somebody who used to work near, no joke, the Acme Nipple Manufacturing Company in downtown Buffalo, don't worry. There's there's plenty of other places to go. One of these days I'll find that picture that I took of it. And from uh, down to the right in the Midwest of the U.S., where it is uh, currently burr. Um, I hope that you've had fun digging out, Bridget. Hi. Good evening. That's not, not too bad, but... Yeah. Bad enough. <laughs> I yeah. I, I just I, I just love it when people uh, now south talk about snow and you know how is oh my god it's a blizzard and I look at it it's like yeah it's a dusting. Uh, it's just uncomfortable outside because it was windy as hell and we were having ice pellets hitting us in the face and stuff. You know. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. So wind and ice pellets. Okay. This is something even me up north and fairly well insulated as I am. Yeah, that's that's a that's no good. Yeah, yeah that was brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not fun, especially considering that uh, one of the folks that I happen to know and uh, Felix, I don't know if you knew about this uh, mutual friend, uh, Layla. That's uh, that, yeah, that's a good term for it. Mutual friend. That's a that's a good way. Uh, yeah. They had to deal with uh, tornado warnings. Um, oh, interesting. Well, well, yeah, that's for the, the second time. Areas. For the second yeah, time this Carolina. season. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was down there working on site in, uh, in North Carolina and we left the day before a hurricane hit. <laughs> yeah. Well, hurricanes are kind of uh, weird, well, but, but, but to my point, mm. big, ugly, nasty wind yes. is no fun. No, no, yeah. it's not. You know, but I was in Oklahoma. This time of year, it's just bizarre, though. Yeah, yeah. I was in Oklahoma when four of those suckers touched down. Yeah, but that's Oklahoma. Yeah, you would expect it there. Yeah. 
it's not tornado season yet. No, no, it's I, not I think supposed it's tornado to. season whenever the planet decides it's tornado season. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. It's, you know, it, it's like. Yeah, yeah. We, we predict that uh, tornadoes aren't going to happen for at least another six months, at which point the Earth kind of goes, I'm going to mess with you tonight. Oh, yeah. And it did. And it did. So, yeah, right now, it's just the three of us at the moment. Uh, Unrenowned Tech is going to be otherwise busy, which is fine. He'll be back again next week, he said. Uh, Joey is probably sleeping off work. Which would not at all surprise us right now, considering. And uh, Joseph, well, we'll uh, hopefully we'll have uh, Joseph on in in short due course. Over on the live chat, by the way, of course, as usual. And I don't have to worry about which way I'm pointing at this point because I am not running video. Right now, we're testing out a little bit to try to allevi- alleviate some problems that we've had with streaming out. Yay. So, over in the live chat at the moment, Stephanie, hi. Felis, hi. Hope that you guys are having yourselves a good evening. Uh, Stephanie, UK has little wind, but the low tonight is 5 degrees Celsius. Yes, positive 5, not negative 5. That's still pretty burr. I mean, let's face it, that's still pretty burr. And Felis has said uh, 19 freedom units in Stanley, Idaho. Hurricanes and tornadoes, it's why I live in Idaho. Um... I can understand Maybe really that. really good potatoes, too. That, okay. He, okay. <laughs> you ready for this? Would you like to know where the majority of, quote unquote, Idaho potatoes are grown? Uh, Montana? <laughs> I don't know. Long Island, New York, my hometowns. Okay. That's just wrong. That's you, false advertising. You're welcome. No, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the type of spud, yeah. So, so the the Idaho breed, the strain, yeah, the species or the, the subspecies of that particular potato, yeah, it's it's a thing. It is a thing. And for those of you that go to uh, Five Guys, you can look up on the board and see where your spuds came from that day. I find that great because I I actually look go looking it up afterwards just to see where these places are. I love it. You know that. That is so funny. It reminds me of a, believe it or not, it reminds me of a seafood place I went to here in town uh, a few years ago. Uh, great place. Uh, I actually happened to go there with my in-laws, one of whom was Catholic. So we went on Good Friday because, you know, can't have meat on Friday, all that stuff. Unless it's beaver. Uh, uh, another okay, time, enough another about, time, another time. Sorry. Enough about nights with my ex-wife. Anyways. Um what I found interesting is that now me and seafood, we don't always get along because of allergies and stuff, but I do enjoy a good fish and chips. And if Chris was on here tonight, he'd probably tell me, you know, like, that's not how you do fish and chips. But this place actually had three types price, depending on what kind of fish you wanted. You could have haddock, halibut, or caught i think it was okay that makes sense yeah that was the first restaurant i've ever been to seafood or otherwise that actually had different choices of breed of fish for your fish and chips huh. i yep. just i, I just kind of 
I shook my head at that at first. And then I was like, that is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here in the Buffalo region, there is a tradition called the Buffalo, uh, the Friday fish fry, where they get uh, usually, usually it's uh, haddock. I think it's usually haddock. Yeah, probably. Where they take the whole fish. Well, not not the whole fish, whole fish, but I mean, you know, the, in half, no bones usually, because I mean, otherwise it would be bad. They bread it, they fry it, and you get served with that with your choice of potato, and um, usually you will get macaroni salad to go along with it, uh, tartar sauce, lemon, and a lot of times folks will just get you know French fries and. You sit down and just listen to your arteries clog as you're eating, and it's it delicious. <laughs> now, let me tell you a little something about a hometown treat. In the town I grew up in, every year, every summer, there's a festival, the Trout Festival, they call it. And I never attended uh, the big socials and stuff because I was never old enough, and by the time I was, I didn't live there anymore. But my, my family would open up the doors to like family, friends and stuff like that. And we'd have a big party and we'd have a fish fry. Mm -hmm. But what we took there is we took, um, pickerel or walleye, depending on how you name it. Okay. Cut it up and we dip it or my mom would dip it in beer batter. Yep. Which is pancake batter with the bottle of beer in it. Yeah. Just to make it all nice and fuzzy. Yeah. And then deep fry it. So basically it's, it's deep fried Fishy McNuggets. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I could eat myself sick on those things. I was hooked on that stuff. Pun intended. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, like, um, it, it was amazing. And of course the other wonderful thing about that is that, um, if we were going to have the fish fry during that day or that night, we were out on the water in the morning catching it. Yep. Because back then your your limit of uh, fish was eight per person. And my brother, he he knew almost all the sweet spots in the lake to go. So yeah, go out, fish, fish for the morning until it got too hot because then the fish would go down deeper. Mm -hmm. um, come back with, you know, eight or 10 fish. Uh, all carved up already because yeah, you know, yeah, mom was a surgeon with that. But, uh, you know, she always said, if you're going to, if you want it, you clean it. Like, okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, fresh, like fish caught that day, then deep fried with, with beer batter and served with like fries, coleslaw and, and all that stuff. Ah, I miss those days. Yeah, really, it, really it's even worse because now Stephanie is saying, um, uh, first off, she was saying, by the way, that um, apparently that is standard fare in chip shops in the UK, having the, your the choice breeds, of fish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but she's also now saying, now I want fish and chips, but all the chippies are closed on a Sunday. Wait, 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 closed complete. All right. I know it's like, oh, dark, stupid in the morning right now over in the UK, but uh, they're they're closed on Sundays. That, yeah, it sounds like it. That sounds that's curious. So, well, no, not really. So, would it uh, would it be fair to say that you know those those shops could you know kind of be called? I'm going to die for this. 
uh, chip fillet. Fillet spelled the French way. I don't speak French, so I don't know. Anybody? That one. Oh, my God. Grown. Okay. At least somebody got it. I got it. <laughs> I ain't got it. You know, look, some of us come up with, with, uh, with horrible scopes. Others come up with play on words for Chick-fil-A. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, yeah, uh, it's just over in the UK, they call them fillets. <laughs> yeah, could be worse. All right, they they call they call a lot of things different over the pond. You know, like uh, what we call chips, they call crisps. What we call fries, they call chips. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, what we call assholes, they call wankers or bellends. <laughs> uh, or what? Oh God, what's the other one? Bellend. Bellend. Yeah, that's it. Or a tosser. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're cockwomble. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an Aussie one, though. Uh, it could be. You know what? It's it, it, it's all it's all British linguistic. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Extra linguistic cursing is healthy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, last piece on this one, by the way, for anybody that wants to try some of the best possible fried fish, I would suggest. Don't go to Buffalo. Don't make your own beer battle. Don't go to the UK. Although, I mean, let's face it, if if, if you're going to do fish and chips, I mean, you can't you can't really go wrong. There's some really great places out there. But if you want to find out what spectacularly fried fish would be like, find a Japanese place that does um Tempura. Yes. If you want really good, oh, tempura is the way to go. Yeah, same with shrimp, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. But we'll keep that in mind for later, shall we? Because now I'm thinking I want to make tempura again because it's been a long time since I've done that. Fuck. Oh, my. Uh,. Uh, well, Brattlewood, I don't know if I want to go there. Uh, sorry, uh, there used to be an English fish and chips place close to where I live uh, here, and I wanted to see if it was still open, and then I found one. And apparently they're, uh, it's called the British Chippy Limited. And they already skipped the dishes member. So I, I was just about thinking, hmm, that could be dinner tomorrow. Meaning they're like a takeaway place? No, no, like it's a sit-down restaurant, but um, you've heard of Skip the Dishes? No. Yes. Okay. They're, they're well, a delivery service. Oh, that okay. It, See, that's yeah. why I thought it was a, a take. What kind of is a takeaway delivery? Then? Yeah. Well, they Skip the Dishes is an independent company, huh. and they have drivers. So you could not necessarily, you don't phone in the, to the restaurant. You actually go to skip the dishes.com or go on the app or whatever. And you order from whatever, from the place and whatever location it is. And then a driver will be sent there, uh, to pick up your order and deliver it to you. Okay. This sounds like Uber eats to me. Yeah. So very similar. Okay. Very, very similar. Okay. I've not done anything with Uber or Lyft or anything like that. So I'm, I'm just going by what I have heard. So it is what it is. Oh, I did hear and something. We have, uh, I think, DoorDash here, too, something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
we had a, I read something somewhere. I don't know if it's, if it's going to happen, but apparently, uh, I think it was, yeah, I think it's Lyft, uh, L-Y-F-T. I heard that they might be putting in a service for people who are looking for work. They will drive you to your interviews for free. Well, they'll bill you, but you don't have to pay them back until you get your first paycheck. That's nice. And they will also, uh, drive you, you know, they'll help you commute to work on a tab until you get paid so that you can pay them back. And then at that point, you don't get public transit or whatever. I actually thought that was pretty cool. That is actually pretty damn cool. Yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's actually happening. It was just something I read somewhere. I wish I could source it, but, um, well, we'll have a couple of minutes and, uh, yeah. who knows, maybe you can, maybe you actually do find it. That would be really, that would be really cool to find out for absolutely sure. So ah. <laughs> while you go hunting down, how about, I guess, uh, get us started. Cause I was, believe it or not, I, w- I was kind of letting us kind of go off a little bit to try to give uh, Joseph time enough to show up. I don't see him just yet at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so you did find it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, blow apparently it out. I'm not the only one who was looking. I typed in lift and the predictive text put everything else in. Gotta love it when that happens. Okay. Well, cool. We'll uh, see about adding that to the show notes for later, too. All righty. So while you guys uh, consider about that, you know what? Uh, just for the hell of it, drop that over into the live chat for the guys. So that, uh, they can they can see it too. Uh, sure. Otherwise, I will go ahead and uh, really get everything started. So with uh, five minutes on the clock, your five minute freestyle starts now. And I, I titled this one "Sorry." I actually wanted Joseph to be here for this part because technically this is partly to him, partly to the rest of the crew, partly to those of you who are part of our audience. I can't think of any other way of putting it other than to say it the way that it is. Since when have I started mincing words? I fucked up. Last week, I will completely just cop to it. I fucked up. And, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really am. I got, I got discombobulated at the end of the show. I don't know what it was that, that suddenly got me. I have no clue why it's not something that should normally happen. It, I pride myself. You guys know for well on on trying to be professional, even though we are hardly anything even close to professional. I mean, we got twenty bucks from somebody one time that went into paying for the uh, for the domain and all. That's that's long since gone. We're not professionals. I'm not a professional, but I I hold myself to uh, the degree that yeah. 
Maybe it's a little bit too much. But last week, I I had a moment of just wrong. I was hardly the host that I try to be. And I haven't gone back to listen to it because I'm it I'm ashamed of it. I, I don't want to listen to it, but I'm 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 gonna end up doing that. We who believe in humanistic qualities. We are the ones who do truly believe that if we make a mistake, we should own up to it and we should do what we think is right to make it right again. We talk, we discuss, we do the best that we can without actually attacking somebody verbally, physically, whatever. And we try to make it right. We try to come to understanding. At the very least, we should do our best to make sure that if we have hurt someone else one way or another, that we own up to it, that we apologize we not just say, I'm sorry, but to mean it, that we should want to be better, to not have that happen again. And this goes for a, a lot of different things. There are sometimes where it's just a little thing. Uh, I was going to change lanes on the highway and, oh, oops, I... I didn't see that you were over there. I saw you just a couple of seconds before I came over. Sorry. That's that, that could have ended really, really badly. I, I will not do that again. You can't tell them, but you can, you can wave. You could make eye contact. You could you emote. You could have moments where, you know, things just go badly in a business situation where you could actually say, Hey, look, you know, I, this isn't the way that I wanted to have happen. Maybe there's something I can do to, you know, at least soften the blow. I've been burned too damn many times to think that people really do that anymore, but be that as it may, the biggest piece about saying sorry is realizing that you have to do it. That hurts. It's something that hurts into our pride. The trouble is sometimes it's your pride that made the sorry necessary in the first place. I'm sorry for that. I'm going to do my best to not have to say sorry again. This is episode 297 on the docket, runner, and I channeling my inner Bill Murray. It just doesn't matter. 
I, I, I know I'm one of the few people that actually remembers the movie Meatballs, and probably rightly so, but uh, is what it is. Hey, it was HBO. It was 1979, 1980. Leave me alone. It's what we got. So we've... We've talked a couple of times before, or at least we've mentioned it a couple of times before, that we don't talk about religion. We don't talk about God very much over here because, well, we'll kind of explain part of that and why it just doesn't matter and what we really should be talking about because we try to do exactly that. I did go look up information on uh, Rafe Badawi's condition. He is unwell. Uh, I am still unsure if he is still on another fast. I think so. But as the Magic Ape all says, information is hazy. I'll have to try again later. I'm not quite sure. Regardless... Since there is no change in the condition of him being incarcerated, as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been seven years, seven months, 24 days since he's been incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still hoping. We are still waiting. Joining us at the moment, by the way, from... I was I was I was gonna say deep in the heart of, of Ohio. Joey, good morning. Glad you're able to make it. Yep, sorry about that. No Just worries. Had a few things to take care of today. No, it's all right. I was telling everybody that, you know, with the way that everything runs, it's entirely possible that you might have just been, you know, sleeping off from work, so Yeah. Very nearly the case. That's okay. So the the whole idea and and we've 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 touched on it we've we've alluded to it we've dabbled on it a couple of times we don't really do very much in the line of actual I I don't know what better way of putting it tossing off the religious stuff because I mean usually for two good reasons one well, no, one good reason. It's boring. It's been done to death. There are literally no new arguments for the last, uh, what, four, six hundred years? So it's all been done. It's all been debunked. There's anything that we do at this point. It's like, yeah, you know what? Let me let me get my flip cards out. Which which argument are you gonna use this time? Yeah, that's that's card number fourteen. I know this one. Here you go. Here's here's the card. Oh, you want to add a little bit more? Okay, okay. Which one you want? To, oh, you want to use you want to use the, the the revised cosmological argument? Okay, that that's card number twenty eight nine. Here it is twenty nine. It's all done. You know, there's there's no reason to go through this stuff any longer, except for the fact that every once in a while. There's some new folks that we can get because, well, they just maybe haven't heard because they're new to the whole thing. It's hard to not get bored with this stuff, but every once in a while we need to kind of trape through it and deal with these folks again. 
But oh my god, it is so boring. You want to know how boring it is? It's so boring. It's analogous to when Dallin went and visited a Roman Catholic mass and said, holy shit, are you people just automatons today? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, for for a second there, I thought this was going to be like some kind of mocking. I'm like, no, wait a minute, I did. Yeah. <clears throat> years and years and years ago. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Felis, thank you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. She get she got how how boring is it? Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad everybody remembers about that. See, you don't have to do that in post now. That's that's good. Well, the the thing about it is that I don't think it's so well. Yeah, it it, it does tend to be boring. Although when you watch Bionic Dance do it, you, you just got to be in awe of how well she can craft the knife that plunges into the heart of a theist, figuratively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow they always end up coming back. Like I, I've, I've seen repeat offenders on her show. <laughs> uh, they, they, they come back and some of them will actually, you know, this is a direct response to the atheist bionic dance and blarty, 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 blarty. Uh, uh, and it's just like uh, 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 the self-proclaimed atheist. Ah, yes. Yes. Because self-proclaimed atheist. Yeah. Because of course you got, you got to, you got to have these people who are just like, well, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, but calling yourself by blah, 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 blah. You know what? Go, go, go pound dirt. The problem though is that even though it's boring to us, even though it seems a, a chore to have to bring things up again and, and whip out the flashcards, uh, the P- guys like Pence and all these other people are still in positions of authority and are dictating or are trying to get laws put in place based on their theological views. You know, and unfortunately, it, it, you know, the really sad thing about it, and this is something I've, I've come to understand about American politics. If by some miracle, not that kind of miracle, but you know what I mean? You actually get a secular minded president in the white house and actually get a secular minded government that isn't all God, Jesus and all that stuff. Just like the title of the show, it won't matter. Why, you may ask. Two words. States' rights. The Fed can do whatever it wants, but if a state decides that, no, 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 we're going to do this, apparently there's nothing that can really be done. Is that correct? It depends as to what it is and what the brouhaha is about. There, There are certain times where, yeah, it gets weird and tangled, and other times where it's just... Um, guys, this is the law of the land. You know, the hell. You know, things like uh, uh, abortion rights. And the petulant little child states. Well, they're not... Um, they haven't been able to ban them outright or make them illegal outright because of that. But they're either making it extremely difficult or nigh impossible... For for someone to get it done, 
Um, or they're trying to introduce other criminal consequences based on what you do. Yep. And funny enough, you know, it's, it's good like that if you have an abortion. They, they're saying that you can be charged with murder. Yeah. It's good that we've got a, a person that knows a little something about uh, medical stuff. Although not, not necessarily. Let me, let me draft this one. Bridget, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly, I think one of the legislative uh, cures that was tried uh, a couple of times out was to say, okay, if you are a facility that performs the termed abortion, although it, it could be a DNC or whatever, whatever the hell it is, you need mm -hmm. to have a doctor on staff who has um, privileges at a nearby hospital within a certain distance of where your facility is located. That's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of laws that are passing stuff well, like that. Well, hold on. You'll, you'll see where I'm going on this one and really quickly. It's not necessary. No, you, you, you'll see where I'm going on this one. Hold on. Because uh, at one point, you didn't need to have that kind of a, a, a thing for the doctor. And then they said you need the doctor needed to have privileges at a nearby hospital within X distance. There are some cases where... There are no hospitals within X distance of said facilities. What happens in those particular places? Uh, they they get grandfathered in, right? Well, those particular places, they're just like, well, sucks to be here. You uh, can't perform abortions. Oh yeah, or 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 maybe they just get closed entirely, right? Yep. Yeah, and then. Uh, as the expression goes, Lord help you if you try to relocate, because then they'll just put all kinds of trouble. Okay, so let's 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 go from a different angle. You're at a facility that performs abortions. You have a doctor. Let's just say, for argument's sake, a male doctor, just for argument's sake, who has, and there is a hospital within the required distance. Oh. Right. Um, let's kind of go back in time. How many Catholic-run hospitals are there in a lot of rural areas? I think the technical term is a lot of them. Most of them are Catholic-owned, yeah. And they're not going to grant admitting privileges to a doctor who performs abortions. Yeah, that could be uh, that could be a little bit of a problem right there. So, so again, so you'd be you'd be grandfathered in for uh, no, you, no, you wouldn't even okay. So, all right, so you, you're at a facility with a doctor who has privileges at a community-owned hospital. So all's good, and then the legislatures say, well, your medical facilities needs to have hallways that are this wide uh let's see uh, 16 feet wide i think i've heard in some cases so that you could have the gurneys pass by each other in the hallway apparently turned sideways instead so that they pass but which of course that's not 
typically how wide a hallway would be, right? It's not necessary. I've been in hospitals, and two gurneys have gone by each other. I was in one, and somebody was in another. And I don't believe it was 16 feet. Nope. As a matter of fact, I think it was considerably less than 16 feet. Nope. I'd expect that they'd be more like um, 10, because more than enough room... And I'm basing that off of what I expect eight feet because I have eight foot ceilings in my house and I'm trying to think of it sideways. And I mean, 10 feet would seem an adequate space. And most gurneys are what? Uh, three and a half to four feet wide. I'm just kind of guessing off the top of my head, like a, a, a meter, uh, a, a meter or two. Anyway, whatever. The, the point is, they suddenly say, well, your facility is no longer adequately sized internally because it was built to the specifications we had before and those specifications no longer. And we're not going to graduate you in. So you either fix the interior layout of your building or you just go away. And the really sad thing about it is that they can claim that it's, you know, oh, well, we've, we've done all this research. Simple fact is you can call, you could call them on and say, this is because of your deeply held religious beliefs, cut the bullshit. At which point they go, religious? You know, I, I, I think, actually, I, can, I, I think you I can actually just see Pence doing that too. You're like, who, me? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm. I'm calling bullshit on this one. The idea that any of these folks actually understand anything other than English to, to, for, for them to use French in any term. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to give them that kind of satisfaction. Well, they're called trap laws for a reason. Yep. Yeah. And the thing is, again, uh, I, I'm i going to respectfully disagree with the title of the show about it just not mattering. It actually still does matter because it's still being used as the crutch to forward laws that are discriminatory, that abuse human rights in many cases, and are generally trying to set people up or trying to set up these little theocracies all over, all over the U S. Yeah. But the reason why I said it just doesn't matter is specifically in reference to, we don't need to be dealing with your religion is bunk or their religion is bunk or any religion is bunk. The piece that actually matters is what are you doing to people? Regardless of what's behind it all, because we can deal with that part later, we just need to look at the surface and just say, are you doing a cumulative good or a cumulative bad? Are you actually societally helping or societally harming? Just start with the with the top layer and just see what is actually happening with what they're doing, because afterwards we can always go behind the whole damn thing and go, well, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Which I'm, I'm going to, is another piece I'm going to get to in, in, in a little bit because it's a political thing. 
Okay, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? This is what's actually happening. You're going about this the wrong way, because that's usually the way this is going to go. Why do you think what you want to accomplish is going to be done by what you're trying to put into place? Oh, it's religious. Oh, let's go ahead and tell you why none of that should be trusted. And now let's rebuild from there. Yeah. Okay. Here's the problem with that. Trying to have a rational conversation with these people. I just read an article today. uh, Now, admittedly, it was from an Australian newspaper, but it had to do with the Super Bowl. You might have heard about something like this. Uh, I might have heard something similar earlier. Apparently, some guy is looking for a lawyer (laughs) to sue the NFL, Pepsi, and his local cable company for the amount of, get this, folks, you might want to buckle in, $867 trillion. Screw you, Dr. Evil. And why? Because he is he is suing them because he believes that watching J-Lo and Shakira strut their stuff, and I'm using a pretty general term here, uh, during the Super Bowl half show was going to condemn his soul to the fires of hell. <laughs> this is the level... And unfortunately, this is the same level of absurdity that people in real positions of power hold. Mm -hmm. Your vice president, he wants creationism taught in schools. He has gone before a committee and has said, well, evolution is just a theory. Yes, that is card what, 22? But here's the thing. Yes, it's card 22. He is the vice frickin' president of your country. Mm-hmm. So debunking this stuff, telling people it's bunk, proving it's bunk, and getting people like that either out of office or to make decisions not based on what the sky daddy or what they think the sky daddy wants or what their priest tells them that the sky daddy wants along with a substantial campaign contribution. That is what has to be gotten rid of. And unfortunately these days, I I hate to say it, but uh, a lot of people in the, in the movement and and a lot of people who like a lot of theists and stuff like that are equating uh, people in the atheist movement with the radical far left. You know, I, I've I've heard uh, I've heard pro-lifers talk about, um, you know, what what we think of uh, abortion and what it really means that we should be allowed to, you know, at at eight months, twenty nine days, we should still be able to rip the kid out and throw him in a meat grinder and, and sell his parts for dog food. I've actually heard a quote to that extent from somebody. That well, shows you what they know. It's horse meat. It shows what they're willing to bring out to their people and to try to influence the moderates who look at a lot of this stuff and go, well, what the hell's going on? No, I got you. So what, what's, what's happening is that they are, they're basically winning the war of being able to demonize the atheist or the rational thinker because they've been able to spin things 
to the moderate uh, population by equating one with the other. So that, you know, we don't believe in God. Oh, so you're one of those crazy, uh, crazy leftists who, who wants us all to, you know, uh, shut down our, our transit and, and get rid of all of our cars by, by next week. The fact that they've been able to equate one with the other, I, I think has actually has dealt an extreme blow to the atheist movement. Amongst others, by the way, to, to backtrack just a second, uh, the amount of money that uh, Dallin was talking about, uh, and I'm rounding up here just a little bit for, for, for a reason, $900 trillion us, which is about, uh, uh, 723 euros. Yes, seven euros, 23, whatever the hell is it. Anyway, I did a little bit of look up really quickly. That is, for those of you that have got the big calculators, 9.0 times 10 to the 14th power dollars. I actually did the, I I actually did the thing on that. I don't think the U.S. No. Has that amount of money. I don't think the world has that much cumulative wealth currently. Mm. Although, you know what? You know what we could do? Ooh, we could we could shuttle his ass on the Starliner and let him go ahead and pick out his own uh, asteroid out there, and he could mine it for all the gold and rubidium that he wants. Am I thinking the right word? Rubidium? Whatever the hell. He can, he can mine it for everything that he, that he can get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Worst case, he gets hit with a whole bunch of cosmic radiation. He turns into the, the one of the X-Men or something. You know, I don't know. Personally, uh, personally, I'd actually like to meet the lawyer. He, like I said, he, he's actually fishing for a Yeah. I, I, no, I would love to see the schlep that actually uh-huh. takes the case. <laughs> yeah, good luck. And, you know, they'll make a... No, 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 no. You know, put them on TLC. Make a... Make a, a a reality show out of it, you know, call it my 900 or my, my $687 trillion mistake or, or something. Yeah. We'll just a that. thought, just a thought. Yeah, that's a good point. What, what Dylan was talking about though, as far as to the visibility, no, the, the PR nightmare that is the, the bad face that for whatever reason so many groups think of for the atheist being the 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 lowest viewed the lowest trusted group you know right be- right behind uh ambulance lawyers and uh and uh used car salesmen you know the biggest part about that is So many people just don't realize that we're here, that we're just, you know, yeah, like, like I'm, I was listening to uh, uh, Sam Mulvey. I, I don't remember when it was that he was, uh, he was talking about it, but he was just saying, you know, the, the whole reason of the show for him was, you know, yeah, we're atheists, but, you know, we're just kind of here. We're just folks. We're just normies. I mean, we talk about sports. We talk about comic books. We talk about movies, sci-fi. And every once in a while, we talk about uh, stupidity that comes from Oklahoma 
Florida and then parts of wherever it is, it makes the triangle that, that happens at that point. Some, I don't know. It could be, could be um, up there in the twin cities or something. I, I don't know whatever the hell it is. You know, we talk, we talk about um, Florida man, like everybody else, you know, we, we have a good laugh. We have a good joke. And then, you know, we go home and, you know, we, we wash our dog. We, we, get our groceries and drive home. We're, we're same as everybody else. The only difference is we just don't, you know, we don't pay extra money that we don't need to, to some organization. We pay it because we, um, want to. Yeah. We, we mow our lawn on Sundays. Yeah. When we go out on a Sunday and, and we gather together, we're not necessarily paying to a, a, a group that is promising something that they can't provide tangibly. We uh, we uh, pay our money to um, the baristas so that we can actually stay awake on a Sunday morning because it's early. I want to go back to sleep. Actually, that was me this morning. That's all. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Whatever. But you know, we're we're just normal people. The only thing is, uh, sometimes, not always, sometimes, we think about things a little bit more than some other folks do, or at the very least, we think things through sometimes a little bit further. Not always. There's some real, there's some really dumbass atheists out there. Let me tell you, there are a lot of dumbass atheists out there. There's a uh, lot of dumbass people. Period. Doesn't matter what the what the label is. After yeah, that. that's the thing. And th- this was something that I, I've always always had a problem with is that to be to be an atheist or an agnostic is just but one facet of a person. Thank you. What? No, I'm saying thank you. I yeah. I think of people as as a faceted gem. Yeah. What you see from them depends as to which facet you are looking through at any one time. Nobody can see all of them, and that's exactly the reason why this show is the way that it is. Everybody has got their facets. Everybody's got their pieces that they look at. And collectively, we all look the best that we can at whatever the hell is going on. And if yeah. it turns out that we come up with a better understanding because everybody's got a little bit of a different view, great, perfect. That's exactly what we want. And then, you know, you got the bunch of us that could be watching something that uh, Penn and Teller are doing. And we could all just be going, well, shit, I don't know what the fuck happened. All right, fine. Whatever. Yeah. But, but look at that, you know, when you think of that, um, before his, his fall from, from grace, uh, what was one thing David Silverman was doing? Um, no, just hold on. Let me finish. He was attending CPAC. I think that's what it's called. Uh, which is, uh, conservative, uh, political action committee or something like that. It's. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the big to do as I recall. And what was it? He found that there were a lot of conservative minded people who were in fact atheists. 
they were afraid to say that though, because of Sarah Palin and the fact that there was a particular, very powerful click in the conservative party that was very faith-based. And if you did not toe that line, um, excommunicado. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but again, this goes to my point. The fact that you don't believe in a God or series of gods, or that you believe in one less God than, you know, your, your, your theist down the street, that ha- that should have no bearing on your sociopolitical bend, your sexual bend, um, what your sex or gender is, anything like that. But the trouble is the people who are very good at spinning the media are saying, oh, you're an atheist? Then you are also A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and they dismiss you without a thought because of the stigma that they're attaching to you. And I would dare say that in some cases, that stigma has also come from our own side, whereas, oh, you want to be part of the atheist movement? Well, then here's a list of things you have to tow. That's the sound of the scroll being rattled across the floor. I got you. And it's like, no, I, there are a lot of atheists. I will disagree with them on probably 99% of what they think or what they believe or what they feel. And the only thing we have in common is the fact that we both think that, um, evangelical, uh, faith-based anything is a pile of horse shit. Yeah. And, and, and if that's our only common ground, well, you know what? That's fine. At the end of the atheist convention or at the end of the political, and they're telling Mike Pence that God is dead and he should just go get fucked by a horse or something like that. Not that I'm endorsing anything for the vice president, but at the same time, not king shaming. I mean, you know, you do you. Um, after that, we, that doesn't, you know, just because we were both attended a rally together doesn't necessarily mean we have to go over coffee or do anything else. You know, you, you go back and do what you're going to do. I'm going to go over here and do what I'm going to do. And the next time we're both needed to add our voices to a non-belief thing, fine. Was, Beyond that, screw it. Was was this convention a, a horse fucker convention? Because I, I I'm trying to no, and, and, try and, to figure and, out and where just, the commas were with everything. I, so I <laughs> got lost with everything. That Oxford comma is going to kill me every time. Oh, um, oh boy, oh boy, did I. I See, the, the, I had to discuss. I, I actually read a, a saw a video thing about uh, somebody talking about the Oxford comment, just how significant it was, and it was hilarious. No, it's it's absolutely essential. It was very educational too, especially because I know I have writer friends who are they demonize the Oxford comma, and but now that I understand what it's actually for, is it's like you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So the there are so many times where there is agreement. And like I was saying before, if you look at the surface level of what is happening, you can usually figure out without too much of a problem, you know, what, what is actually happening is something actually helping a specific targeted group. 
what what would be a um okay i'm going to bring one up that nobody uh is probably going to appreciate but i'm going to use it as an example gay conversion therapy and i'm using really really large quotation marks around the term therapy yes i'm i'm throwing up just a little bit in the back of my nose right now what is it doing what is the intent okay you're intending to have people who have a sexuality that is different from the otherwise average and you're trying to change the way that they feel sexually speaking okay I can see where an argument could be made for helping people again very large quotes helping people to be able to better assimilate into societal structure Again, large quotation marks here. But what is the actual, what is actually happening? And and Bridget helped me out on this one just a little bit. If memory serves, people who have gone through sick um, reassignment therapy like this, if memory serves, um, the... The suicide rates, if I remember right, for these groups are significantly, statistically, alarmingly higher than the general populace. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but uh, that's my understanding. Yeah, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I, I do remember that there is a precipitous change in in that statistic for exactly that reason. Uh, there are people who end up needing to go to actual uh, psychological therapy afterwards to undo what these gay conversion therapists have done to them. Yeah. There are some who have ended up, I believe the uh, the clinical term for it is dead from these charlatans being smothered with uh, blankets and, and such to hold people down when they fought off and yelled and screamed and complained and suffocated. Like I said, I believe the technical term is dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, deceased, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's another, technical term for it. Uh, The patient is stable. (laughs) I was going to say metabolically challenged, but... Uh, uh, Anyway. So, you want to do X. You want to change the sexuality of a populace so that they could better integrate into a society. Again, I'm making the best argument possible that I've heard used, 
yes, I'm, I'm still throwing up in the back of my nose. Leave me alone. But what you're getting out of it are damaged people who need additional help, some of whom are ending up dead because of this. This is not a societal good. You are not getting out of it what you said that you wanted. Okay, why did you think that this would be a good thing to do in the first place? Oh, this is your God claim. Okay, I would like to introduce you to my friend, 2x6 over here. Yeah. I actually saw somebody trying to defend uh, gay conversion therapy. And the way he framed it, it was actually under free speech. Now, I just posted an article in our in our chat about um, the fact that our local health region has put a ban on any kind of conversion therapy. As it should. Well, and just about everybody I know is going, what the, what the hell took you so long? Like, why, why is this even an issue? You know, we know what it entails. We, we know the end result is usually either a barely functioning member of society or a suicide case, as you just said. Mm-hmm. But this person was actually trying to defend it and say, well, what if... What if somebody um, who is a devout Christian realizes that they're gay and suddenly has that crisis of faith, fears for their soul, and wants to do it voluntarily? And now you're saying that they can't. This was their argument, that it should still be on the books because some people may still want to do it willingly. To which I respond, who in their right mind would even ask for something like that? Like, I'm I'm sorry. If I'm going to become a, a shell of an individual just so that my soul is right with God, but I still have to live here for like another 60 to 80 years living a lie or, or fearing that if I have certain thoughts that it's all going to come undone, what kind of life is that? To live under the threat of some kind of divine punishment. I'm sorry. If I want to live in a theocracy, there are several I could move to. You could move to Vatican city for one thing. Here's a, here's a, here's a thought. Um, what if, What if they wanted to, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be devil's advocate here for just a couple of seconds. And, and I want you guys to just go with me on this one for just a couple of seconds. What if quote unquote gay conversion therapy was allowable with the proviso that those that are actually doing the the therapy 
are completely medically trained and certified in both physical as well as mental and emotional traumas before they're allowed to have a single patient come their way through a properly federally certified program and shit, what's the word for the uh, accredited program at university. I dare say someone that wanted to go through all of that bullshit at that point would have to, at some point, have to be 12 years into their, into their training career and go, wait a minute, this is gonna, no. At which point they would just give up. And I know I'm, I'm putting a lot of, of stuff into that. I know. And Stephanie brought it up just as I was uh, about to make mention to it. There are people who get PhDs in geology to lie and claim young earth creationism. I know. I know. But like I said, I'm trying to come up with best possible case scenario for, you know, how could they still allow it? And that's the best that I could come up with. It's still shit, but it's. Yeah, the, the thing is, anybody that would, like you said, anybody that would go through all of that medical training. Actually, wait a second. Hold that thought. Bridget, roughly how many years of, of training would it take for somebody to get an actual uh, therapist uh, accreditation? Uh, what kind of therapist? Are you talking like a psychologist or an LCSW or what? LSMFT? What? What was that? Licensed case social worker. That's a good... Well, okay. No, wait a minute. There, I mean, you're talking. You're talking six to eight years at least. Yeah. Uh, psychiatrist, psychologist. Which one is is medically and legally allowed to write scripts? The psychiatrist. Okay. What? Oh, okay. Sorry. Psychiatrist is the is the guy you go to to get meds. A psychologist is who you go to for therapy. Yeah. Uh, a psychiatrist is an MD. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess it would be a psychiatrist then or or somebody who would be taking that bend in their training uh, to be one of these people. But in any case, like, like you said, Susan, I think by the time they get a, a good portion of the way through that training, they would actually. I understand more about the human brain now. And I know that this kind of therapy with our current methods and technology is not going to do anything except mentally destroy this person to satisfy just so, you know, his neighborhood can feel that sense of familiarity. Um, Oh shit. You know, all the stuff that uh, Joseph often talks about, you know, the, the, the tribalism where mm. everything is normal, but you have that one person who's not normal. They're now part of the out group. So 
they, they either cast them out or they try their best to change them to become part of the in-group again so that they feel all warm and fuzzy and, and communal once more. Yeah, and Stephanie, you're you're quite right. Yes, reminding us specifically me, there is no best case scenario. I I know, but I'm I'm trying to paint the best possible rationales that I could. Like I said, just you know, call it a hypothetical. Feel like I, I'm just thinking yeah. the best that I can on this one. And is also saying you're also assuming rational thought can get through the fanaticism, Dallin. And we 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 are yeah. both. We are both going down that angle and hoping for the best for people that way. And that's the thing. Like we, and that's, well, that's one of my tragic flaws is I, is I always try to, I have a hard time. Like when I, when I see and hear people, you know, on, on, on stage, on TV or whatever, spouting some of the crap that they do, I sit there in disbelief that someone's mind is wired in such a way that they would say something like that. And in their, in their heart of hearts, in, in that, in the deepest core of their being, Oh my God, I'm getting poetic here. I apologize. No, go. They believe this. They mean it. They, they, they are sincere. This would be, they, they, you can hook them up to a polygraph and it would flatline because they are so steeped in those, in their conviction. And I, I, I look at people like, I was like, have you not read a book other than the Bible? Oh, wait a minute. You probably haven't read that either. I mean, let's face it, not all of them do. And you're right on the money. It, it, it just... I'm gobsmacked. I, I just can't. I, I can't conceive of a person that willfully ignorant and indignant to, to think that something so outrageous and, and me. Yeah, you're very, you're right, Stephanie. I just, I, I believe too much in a, a, a person's capacity to, to think critically. And I mean, we, we said it often before we complain about, you know, people aren't thinking critically enough and it's like, yeah, because, and we wonder why. And it's because, you know, that, that's how they were trained. Like we are, many of us are fairly unique in that respect, in that we've taken that step back, looked at the angles and realize that, yeah, a lot of this stuff is bullcrap. Maybe but. the biggest part about it is that we're willing to look it over, take that vision again, and go, well, shit, um, I've been wrong. And you then know what did work it for with me? that. You know what did it for me? Oh, please tell me it. Please, please, please tell me it was just watching all those automatons of the Roman Catholic Church. Please tell me that's what it was. Because that's freaky shit. Well, okay. That that was freaky shit, yes. But I was still growing up in a small town at the time. I was away on a trip. 
uh, when I went to, when I ended up going to this church, because well, my captain at the time, uh, that's what she wanted to do. It was a military thing. But this is starting to sound like a journey song. You know that. I know. I know. But I was born and raised in a very, in a relatively small town. And I moved to the city to go to school. And the culture shock of seeing my first, uh, my, my first group of middle, middle Eastern people seeing more Oriental people than the three that I knew in school, uh, seeing the first Sikh, the, the first person I ever saw with a turban that wasn't on TV, but just my eyes suddenly opened to the fact that once you get into these larger urban centers, you can't be that ignorant little shit stain that you've always been. You've got to, you've got to understand that yeah, the, the world is a lot bigger than you think. And that's what did it for me. It was just like, okay, you know what? There are many other cultures out there, many other nationalities, many other races, many other skin colors. And you, you know, know, I, they pay me no mind. I pay them no. If we end up interacting, you know, like, you know, asking a question, something like that. Okay, fine. You know what? I do what my mom and dad taught me. Be polite. Be nice. And then as you part ways, go, okay, you know, what's next? I feel like pizza. Well, pizza's good. I can, well, <laughs> I can, I can really go for some pizza. Right just my point is that. You know, a, a lot of these people that are, you know, that are born, live and die in like butt crack middle of the nowheresville. Uh, is that New Mexico? No, never mind. Um, they never get the chance to be sort of acclimatized to other, to, to a more uh, <laughs> diverse <laughs> cultural set. Because... The, there, there's no need for it. Like, you know, there, Mr. Jenkins and his family always live down the block and there'll always be a Jenkins down the block. And they'll know that from the day they're born to the day they die. You know what I mean? You, you reminded me of something that I, uh, I want to talk about a second. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stephanie, uh, said thought is that the people who do all the yelling do not accept anyone is not exactly like them. I know people like them in my hometown, which is a city of diverse peoples. Here's yeah, the thing, Stephanie. The, the inverse is also true. Yep. Um, the, the, the tribalism exists everywhere. Um, what it, I mean, my experience was just getting out there and, and, and meeting people and, you know, encountering these things, but also being able to keep an open enough mind, which is something my parents always taught me was, you know, don't be quick to judge. You know, if you're going to designate somebody an asshole, Make sure they've proven it before you say it. <laughs> and let's, let's forgive me. Let's, you know, let's call it out for what it is. Also, you grew up in Canada and we've said on many occasion, culturally speaking, you guys have a tendency towards viewing, generally speaking, Canadians are Canadians, different rappers, but you're all Canadians mm -hmm. when all is said and done which colors a lot of how you would have grown up and 
your formative stuff because of your parents and how they would have taken it and, you know, it trickled down for you. Mm -hmm. There's something that I had thought about after my kid was born. And it was it was kind of a, a weird thing. And I think I might have gotten some of this from some of the psych course that I took. I was a really poor student in college. So you just – the idea is that there are – I'm not quoting Shrek here a second. There are different layers of where our – I'm trying to figure out how, uh, the best way of wording this. I don't know what terminology I want to use yet. So let me let me go in, in broad terms. As we are gestating, our universe is literally inside of another person. It is the extent uh, as far as our limbs can stretch, maybe. After that, the next universe is the delivery room for however long that is. The next universe outside of that is the hallway and the rooms that connect while you are in hospital, assuming you're born in a hospital. Some people, it doesn't translate. After that, your next universe is the house in which you reside because you are you're you're growing and you don't really see much of anything else. Your next universe after that is maybe a store that you are taken through because you can't go anywhere on your own. But gradually, your universe, what you can see and observe and smell and make googly eyes at, gets steadily a little bit bigger. And conceptually, as brain functions get better, you understand better what each of those is. But thinking about it now, I kind of wonder if for a lot of these people that I've had to, well, uh, I'll admit it. I'm not exactly totally proud about this, but I'll, I'll admit to it with some amount of pride that I have started just summarily blocking because they have proven themselves to be absolute tools with what's been going on politically because they are just complete assholes about it. I really wonder if in a lot of these cases on my side of the border, some people just have not allowed the expansion of their conceptual universe to be outside of their high school or their town or their township. Because that microcosm is as far as what they are willing to accept. And anything outside of that, well, like I said, the tribalism kicks in. It is the foreign. It is the gaijin. It should not even be thought of as being worthy of being considered part of that bounding. And they just don't care. And they refuse to move out of that because... If they expand out that bubble, if they burst that bubble to the next layer of the universe that they have to deal with, which is <laughs> the rest of humanity, well, suddenly they become 
much smaller fish in a much, much larger barrel. They are, as we've said before, they are no longer the special in their own little universe. And that hurts. Actually, um, while you were talking there, I was just thinking, uh, Joe. Yes, sir. In, in the army, there's quite a bit of, uh, I hate to use the term, but there's a pretty diverse group of people, uh, in service, correct? Yes. Is, and I, in the situations you've been in, you really have to, uh, and again, forgive me for assuming this, but you really got to know that you can turn your head to the side and know that someone in your unit has got your back. If when shit's hitting the fan, correct? Yeah. So is there a lot of like, you know, I, I see TV shows and stuff like that where they, where there's a lot of sort of the, the tribalism. Does that exist a, a lot in the military setting or is a lot of that stuff kind of put aside just based on what it is you guys are doing out there? You're talking about for lack of a better term, clicks in the military. Uh, yeah. Sound, yeah. That sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are, um, be it your group of friends or your unit. I mean, in a way, we have to draw a divide here because mm-hmm. you have, you have garrison and then you have deployment. Yeah. And they're two very different, uh, Stress levels for one. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah. they are two very different animals as well. In Garrison, it's very much a community. It's very much your standard American community. Uh, it's very diverse. And yes, there are cliques that, you know, one group of friends or one unit against another unit it's i suppose the best way for me to put it is that the military lifestyle in garrison promotes a healthy rivalry healthy competition so to speak okay deployment is a truly different beast Well, I would assume so because everybody, it's, it's same team, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and high stress. And with some the, pretty significant stakes, I would say. The idea of one unit against another unit or, you know, one group of friends against a different group of friends, it is non-existent in my experience. Hmm in the realm of a deployed setting. Okay. Cause usually in a deployed setting, you're talking about, uh, forgive me for using the term, a theater in which there are, as, as Dylan said, far higher stakes, especially yes. for the safety and security of any and everyone in that particular area, no matter who they are or what, clothing they might be wearing at the moment. 
Precisely. Okay. No, I was just um, just trying to get a sense of, you know, like, is there just what it was like? I mean, we, we see we see stuff on TV and we hear, well, yeah, we, we see stuff and it's like, is that actually how it happens or is it a little less um, flamboyant or a little less uh, extreme? And from the sounds of it, it's... A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B sometimes depends as to what uh, it is. Yeah. I, I would say a lot more column B on the on the side of we're all in the we're all in this together, one way or the other. Very much so. Yeah. Um Yeah, and Felix has said you are not going to get killed. Um I think I think one of the best ways might be to, to say it as if I'm going down you damn well well you you damn well would have earned me at that point yeah i know it's not exactly the i'm i'm overly dramatizing the 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 um uh the machismo i know but i'm pretty sure at that point most of a group would be like look i'm gonna do my damnedest and if somebody got you and I think the other thing too, like a lot of what, what we're seeing these days and what we're dealing with has to do with the fact that you've got these people who, who don't have, a, who don't have a very large of, of their life. Their, their universe is very small comparative to others, but now they have the ability to not so much poke a hole, but press a lens up to the edge of the universe and see other universes out there. The net, you know, somebody in the middle of, of nowhere, Wyoming can jump on the net. However they do. And they can see what's going on in California. They can see what's going on in Texas, or they can see what's going on across the pond. They, they can get news from all over the world, which 50 years ago, they couldn't yeah. or, that their, or that their parents couldn't or that their, Hell, their older their older siblings couldn't. I Something. mean, I'm old. I'm old enough to know that w- I'm old enough that I remember when the internet actually went commercial. So I lived. I lived right up until my college years without the internet. My first modem was a 2400 baud uh, in car in in PC modem, which was an absolute piece of crap. So. And, and, you know, back then, you know, my universe was a certain thing with that. And I think what's happening now is that people are experiencing a premature culture shock of everything that's out there. And it's messing with their head because, well, this isn't what I was, this isn't what I was taught to believe, but my parents are always right. But over here, and then the opportunistic evangelicals goes that's the devil, you know? So. <laughs> Something else that I had noticed, and I'm, I don't have any data supporting this. It's just 
my personal opinion from what I've seen. We've all, we've all had the experience of uh, seeing the news and seeing, you know, situations where terrible things have happened uh, involving military personnel where, you know, somebody snaps, somebody uh, gets gets his gun out of the armory and starts shooting up the base and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. However, something that I have to note from my from my observations is that this sort of thing doesn't happen in theater. That's a good point. Although it kind of makes sense though. True, but you you're kind of you, you've got other immediate concerns at that point for one thing and it's just I'm trying to think of the right words and right now it's hard to because I'm just a little exhausted but um <laughs> Well, let me. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Never mind. Never mind. Just okay. Uh, continue. Yeah, I, I was. I was going to say there's there's a different piece about this too, that, like you were saying, that kind of rogue shooter, maybe one of the better terms for it that I could think of off the top of my head. One would think if someone were just going to do. When you're in theater and you are, well, armed up to the gills almost the entire time, you know, you've got, you want to talk about access to firearms and weaponry and the ability to use them, brother, at that point, you absolutely have got, because you're, you've pretty well got your weapon with you, I mean, almost your entire time, no? Pretty much. And in some cases, um, sidearm, too. So I've got a, a, a long, let me just call it a long gun for a second. Could be could be a rifle, could be. Hey, who knows? It, it, to be honest, the military has moved pretty far away from sidearms in recent history. Uh, there are still jobs in the military where you do carry a sidearm, but... Most most of your basic infantry will just have um, rifles. Your standard rifle. Uh, this isn't Call of Duty. Sorry. <laughs> no. See you. You okay? You say this. This is something I did not. I did not know. Part of this stems from when my father, who was a cop, mm -hmm. they. I remember when they went from the. Uh, uh, from the uh, six-shot revolvers to the 
Uh, I don't yes. even remember what they were. They were, they were nine shot nine mil. Hold on, nine shot nine mils as standard issue. But if you wanted to keep a snub thirty eight on you as a backup, you could, which he did at the time because, as he said, you know, you will never have a revolver jam on you. And and to be fair, uh, in the law enforcement world, that can make a pretty big difference because you never know when somebody's going to grab your gun or your gun's going to jam or something like that. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, if you have backup, it's one guy. Whoever's riding in the cruiser with you. Uh, I got bad news for you on this one. I, I know. I always thought As, that my dad had somebody riding in this car in the 70s. A lot, a lot don't. Um, I dare say 90 plus percent do not have a secondary in their car. Yeah. So there is, however, a big difference in law enforcement and military in that law enforcement, you are still a private citizen. And if you, uh, from what I've ascertained as I am not law enforcement and I don't have experience in the law enforcement field, um, a lot of uh, precincts throughout the U S allow their officers to carry personal firearms as well. So long as, they have it registered with the PD so that if ever there is a situation where, because if ever there is a fatal shooting as a result of a intervention by an officer, they, they confiscate that officer's sidearm during the investigation because they need it. It's evidence. Mm -hmm. Same thing for if they happen to have a personally owned uh, backup. The military has different rules on this. Mm -hmm. At no time are you allowed to carry a personally owned firearm. In fact, there are, there are situations in the military where even carrying something like a personally owned knife can get you into some serious trouble. Well, as I recall, when you are, when you, when you are in the military, sworn in, and and you are military, you are the 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 tongue in cheek expression was GI Joe, government mm -hmm. issue, meaning mm -hmm. that the people who are in the military are no longer quote unquote people; they are assets of the government's military agency that's correct and a lot of people will look at you know their world war ii films and video games and stuff like that and say well here private dickie had a revolver that his family sent him that was a very different time where regulations were much more lax because keep in mind at that time we still technically had effectively a conscript army and at that time, you were also talking about, well, active warfare 
And in some cases, if somebody snuck something in, well, what are you going to do? You're going to bust his balls while you're in the middle of taking a firefight on Normandy? I don't think so. Accountability was something a little more difficult to uh, keep track of as well because logistical logistical assets were dated in that in those days um you didn't have you didn't have such a thing as uh you know random civilian catching a war crime on their cell phone camera Mm -hmm. so these days they crack down very hard on something like that because accountability is pretty paramount in today's modern army. Yeah, with good goddamn reason. The possibilities yeah. of what you can do, um, not just from uh, person to person, but from person, and, and by person I mean GI, mm. to other government is really, really a dangerous thing because you never think about it in the terms of, well, shit, you just might be starting an international incident. Um, yeah, just, and- just by walking 20 meters the wrong way, you might have actually stepped into other sovereign soil, and that's, that's, a, that's a bad moment right there. Now again, reiterating what I had, what we had established earlier, as an as a law enforcement officer, you're a private citizen. Yep. And you might not have backup. Mm-hmm. If you do, it might be many minutes away, and minute seconds matter. So, yes, there are many law enforcement officers who carry backup, but. In the military, not only are you not allowed to carry a backup, but it's also deemed unnecessary because the smallest unit that's ever going to take on a military action is going to be a squad. Which would be roughly... Which means, uh, depending on the occupation of that particular unit... Uh, squad can range anywhere from, say, four individuals to as many as ten inj- individuals. Um, given that it's probably going to be infantry, I want to say that it's going to be uh, probably uh, twelve, because you'd have two teams, two teams of six, make up a squad and then you have your squad leader and potentially an officer as well usually a lieutenant junior officer and the reason for that is when you have a squad um say you come under enemy fire uh, from a fixed position say a machine gun you can have one team hunker down, hit the dirt, and suppress that machine gun while the other team flanks and 
counters to take it out. That's why the military operates at minimum on a squad level. So unlike a law enforcement officer who might be out there on his lonesome, if your gun jams, you don't have to worry so much because you've got five other guns pointing at somebody, if not more. That and jam drills are pretty routine in the military. I mean, that's one of the very first things you learn in basic training. Before you ever fire your rifle, you will learn how to clear a jam very quickly. Rule one of the gun. Gun (laughs) is loaded. Always. Rule two. (laughs) The gun is always loaded. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a that's don't, a whole other thing. Don't even get me started on dime drills. <laughs> Wasn't he a guitarist? No, that's dime bag, and he got it. Got it. That's a, that's dime a dime drills are basically the military's very expedient way of teaching somebody the proper way to handle uh, a firearm, so that. So as to minimize uh, the risk of a jam and to maximize uh, marksmanship and uh, accuracy and ultimately lethality. Um, Basically, you have an unloaded rifle and you practice in standing, uh, kneeling and prone positions. The drill sergeant will come over, take a dime, literally a 10-cent piece, and balance it on the barrel of your rifle. And you should be able to perform uh, all the functions of firing that rifle without toppling the dime. That would be impressive, just given, you know, gun recoil. No, 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 no. This, again, this is an unloaded weapon. Oh, okay. Getting you up to the point of being the, able to. The, the point being that ultimately it teaches you how to properly hold the weapon, how to properly brace the weapon, and how to... uh properly pull the trigger and cycle the weapon because a lot of people uh, let's face it there are people that you can hand hand a firearm to that still can't hit the broad side of a barn at five paces from inside yeah i I know a guy like that and nine times out of ten the reason for that is uh improper trigger pull it's not a pull it's a squeeze Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to get a sense of um, like all, all the talk we've had about, you know, tribalism and in group, out group and stuff like that. I just wanted to get a perspective. I wanted to get a military perspective to see if just see what the dynamic was there. Um, uh, the military but, is kind of a special, special case because yeah, you might yeah. have in an individual grudges and whatnot, but 
when shit hits the fan, all of that go gets set aside. I mean, the idea of the band of brothers, yeah, is not just you know poetic Shakespearean license. Which leads me to wonder that if, you know if we ended up if we ever wound up with that shit hitting the fan moment. Uh, not in a in a military sense, but you know, in a, in a civil sense, uh, would we see that same kind of cohesion, <clears throat> or would we still see the <clears throat> the divisions that we see nowadays? And I don't know. Um, Honestly, um, the military kind of the military really. Uh, from a psychological standpoint, it does a very good job of removing a sense of self and uh, mm -hmm. a sense of uh, not just individuality, but just selfishness, selfishness in general. Yeah. Um, The general population of the U.S., honestly, from what I've seen, a lot of people are just out for themselves and to hell with everybody else. So if ever shit hit the fan, I'm not so sure there's going to be too many good Samaritans uh, banding together. I'm sure yeah. there will be. I'm sure there will be some. And one would hope, but. Otherwise, I think yeah. a lot of it, it just goes down to human, to, to basic human nature. If I think if Joseph was here, he'd say the same thing where many people are going to look to somebody to imitate in order to survive. Yeah. And those people who all follow that or, or who all imitate each other are going to form their own group and woe to the one that woe to the outsider who doesn't uh who doesn't conform or who you know tries to present an alternative point of view because they won't be long for that um they they won't be long for that group or possibly even not long for the world with luck maybe we won't have to worry about that much other than outside of you know left for dead for instance um I don't know. I think um, we've got a long way to go before I think before culture itself is ready to embrace um, something more like that. And it's, it's not something that can be forced through legislation or law. I mean, you can put the penalties there but if enough people believe that the that that particular is is corrupt or something like that, there's going to be disobedience or there, there's going to be problems. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple, uh, authority may be powerful, but and this is something that a lot of people haven't dealt with here in mo the modern era. Mm -hmm. Authority may be powerful, but uh, Necessity will always trump authority. You don't believe me? Go look at your English Civil War. Look at the French Revolution. 
you know, uh, you, you whip people enough up into a frenzy and, and I don't, a, a blue check mark Twitterati frenzy of, oh, my feelings are hurt. You must cancel everybody. No, no, no. Those people are still able to get down to if, Starbucks for their morning coffee. And if you want a more, if you want a more modern uh, example, the fall of the Soviet Union pretty much sums it up pretty nicely. Um, when you have people that are starving for just a loaf of bread, mm-hmm. and you're still playing by the same authoritarian rules that you've been for you know, half a century, well, or, well, closer to a, a, a almost a full century. But, yeah, um, the, the, the strength of authority wanes pretty quickly. Yeah, if you, if you promise to redistribute everything so that no one goes hungry, but people are still going hungry, I've got news for you. You're done Fucked up. Okay. Um, but e- yeah, um, telling people that religion is dumb, yeah, maybe it still doesn't matter, but we still need to in many places, I think. <laughs> There's my wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for anybody that's kind of wondering what just happened with the with the with the the rubbernecking whip snap uh, snap take uh, whip take whatever the hell it's called in in film I forget what it's called whip take um, yeah sorry it's it's because that uh, I I just sent a, a message to everybody and just let them know that I'm I'm starting to kind of fuzz out and we really need to to close up shop yeah and uh, I can't segue to save my life. <laughs> Oh God! Great. Now, 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 I'm trying to picture you running around the DLCC on a Segway. On a Segway. Yeah, Is it anything it's... like a skateboard? Or I mean, I've never, I've never ridden one, so I don't know how hard it would be to. I, I, I don't know. Well, you know what? It, it's got okay. It, it's got handlebar, so I might be okay. But if I'm yeah, ever going to do only... anything like that around the DLCC, I'm doing it in my suit, man. But it's only like two wheels on it, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's got a whole bunch of gyroscopic stabilization, and oh. I can't believe that I've still got enough mental faculty to be able to say gyroscopic stabilization. You know what? Ply me full of tequila, let me throw my partial on, give me a segue, and somebody's going to have one hell. Yeah, yeah, we'll get you and Tal back to back. That'll be that'll be. Just oh God! No, no I'm sorry, folks. Scary. There's 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 a whole bunch of other stuff that you don't know anything about, right? There's here an encyclopedia of in jokes. It's that's that's for later. We yeah, we gotta we gotta r- roll up yeah. over here. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, it's okay. Uh, Joe, any you've had the least uh, the least amount of time over in here. Is there anything last left that uh, you want to get out? Nothing's coming to mind right now. I mean, I'm pretty much, I kind of zoned, I'll be honest, I kind of zoned out for a good while and then. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah. Um, and, and then I talked to him. Dallin, I know you said that that was pretty much it, but that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, just. Um, 
don't be so quick to sweep all this religious stuff under the rug just yet, because there are still people who follow it and we still have a job to do. Fair enough. And Bridget, anything, anything last for you? Yeah, I agree with Dallin. We do still have a job to do as long as people are trying to turn this country into a theocracy. Yeah. They're going to keep us busy and fuck Mike Pence. Hmm. Something tells me she's going to get more than one of those. And, uh, Okay. When's the uh, when's the election that you're running for, um, Bridget? Uh, well, I've already filed my paperwork for the primary. Uh, I think it's May fifth. Cool. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Just just a piece of campaign advice from somebody who's never run before, but just you know, for the sake of, I realize that the whole era of the statesman has really been flushed down the toilet recently. Mm-hmm. But fuck might. Mike Pence might not be the best campaign slogan. <laughs> Just saying. Well, we, we've already discussed this. There are a couple of counties that it might be. Yeah. I know, just, you know, I, I would definitely pursue. Uh, just have a backup is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could just have uh, you could just have buttons that say uh, FMP, but uh, <laughs> It, no, wait, no, wait. You, you, the problem is then you have to come up with a, a new acronym to to use them. Then <laughs> I'll come up with something that's, I guess, safe for work or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or Stephanie's saying, or how about go Bernie? I'm 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 with you on this one. I'm with mm. you on this one. Well, I mean. Um, it's uh, possible. It's 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 largely unassuming. One one would hope. Thump. Yes. Or or fence. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I could just see that too. Uh, Yeah. Vote Bridget. Fence. Fence. And I could just see Fox News and CNN scratching their heads, trying to figure out what that was. Meantime, all of us Fumpalumpagus. Yes. So just to uh, just to wrap the whole damn thing up, uh, what Dallin said is right. We've 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 still got a lot to do, and we kind of do still have to stay visible. And you know, every t- every time I get worried about. Are we doing enough? Uh, are are we not visible enough? I I keep coming back to you know part of the reason why this damn show is still going after all this time, and I'm, I'm not I'm not ragging on anybody for no longer doing their own shows. It's that's a completely different animal. <laughs> I keep coming back to the conversation that I had. With cash, um, what did we say it was? It's been it's been five five and a half years of yeah. shows. Okay, so four and a half years of show ago, when I spoke with Cash, and he set the set the record straight with me. If you thought that you could save just one person, but it was going to cost you a couple hundred dollars, and possibly burn a whole bunch of bridges and you really weren't quite sure, but you're pretty sure you're going to be able to save that one person. 
Would you do it? We're still here. That's the answer to the question. Would we still do it? Yeah. And what does it really end up costing us? Some sleepless nights, a lot of coffee that needs to be consumed, and and the self-satisfaction of knowing that we've helped somebody. And we have, and we're going to continue to. Why do we keep doing it, even though it's boring as all shit? Because somewhere out there, there is this one person that still needs to hear it again. And we just haven't gotten to them. (laughs) There is an old joke. Courtesy of the uh, courtesy of the Muppet Show and Sadler and Waldorf, I think, is uh, what it was. No, no, it wasn't. Sorry, I take it back. It was Mister Warmth, Mister Wonderful, Don Rickles, who was up talking about people over on the Diaz for one of the Man of the Hour things. The the Dean Martin celebrity roasts and he's he I forget exactly what it was that he said but he was he 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 said I got to find the clip now because I've completely forgotten it but somebody uh somebody yelled back over at him how, because he was saying about how how young he was compared to everybody else and he's been he's been in the business for for however many years it's been and i think it was dean went ahead and told him that he still wasn't that funny even with how long he's been in the business i'm completely fuzzing out on what the actual thing is mm-hmm. so before i get out of here tonight i'm going to make sure that i find the goddamn clip and put it up there because it's too damn funny not for me to go ahead and do that and i am now completely wasted out on not having enough mental energy to finish with stuff that's 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 a bad moment right here we need to get i feel yeah i feel yeah yeah considering that i i didn't get enough sleep last night and had to get up early this uh, long never mind we need to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. I hope that you had yourself a good time. Uh, hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our conversations tonight. In in um, I'm this is you know how they say that driving while drunk is not as bad as driving while tired. Yep. This is where I am right now. I'm in dangerous territory, and I'm actually driving the damn vehicle right now. <laughs> this sucks. We get it. We yes, we will, we will get our our collective tukuses out of here at this point. So, everybody, again, thank you very much. Over in the chat, Stephanie, Felis, thank you guys. Hope that you had a, a good time. Please have a safe rest of your weekend, especially with all the weird ass weather that's been going on. Joe, thank you. You have yourself a uh, restful evening, and um, I, I hope that you are uh, you know, taking decent enough care of yourself. Just be careful out there, as always. 
I know. Mm. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for a promise. It's my hope. Yeah. Close enough, I guess. It's fine. Uh. I know. We'll be out of here shortly. Bridget, thank you. You have yourself a, uh, a good evening, restful, and um, you've you've got some some things to plug. Um, yeah, if you want to send me a friend request, um, you can send one on Facebook, Bridget Fitch. Find me at my blog at bridgetfitch2112.wordpress.com. And I'm not sure if we're having a show Monday night or beyond the trailer park. I haven't heard from Beth yet. But uh, every other Monday, I'm on beyond the trailer park at 830 Central, 930 Eastern. And... Fuck Mike Pence. There it is. And Dallin, of course, as always, thank you so very much for all the crap that you end up doing. I really do appreciate it. That's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, and, of course, what he's talking about is me being for the audio ver- over at theblogcast.com, which I might add is now up to date again. <laughs> my apologies for the delay and uh, my Sorry, not sorry to your phone's podcatcher there, Shujin. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> it was only three episodes. Um, and then for any other random thoughts, news, reviews, and rants. Okay, I just borrowed from somebody there. Uh, you can catch me over at inthewind.yo5.ca. Oh, look at that. They're all downloading right now, as a matter of fact. I should tell it to not do that right now. Now would no, no, not, not, not now, not now, not now. There we go. Stop it. Thank you. Uh, by the way, not that I'm trying to give you shit or anything, because I'm just trying to give you shit a little bit. Uh, did Did you make sure that um, you got the opening music on on them all? By the way. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. I I had one that didn't. It was it was kind of funny. It was kind of curious. It was just like, wow. Um, did I fast forward? I don't think so. All right, whatever. But you do you do a great job, and I really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. All right, uh, we will be um, we will be back again next week. Uh, two ninety. Wow, man, two ninety eight. We've got uh, we've got a couple of shows coming up. Um, we're probably going to see about having a game night again very soon because, well, shit, um, we we could probably use a little bit of uh, blow off time, or you know, we'll we'll have a, a show where it's just you know whatever. It's been a little while for that too. We have something that is being uh, planned upon for the three hundredth episode. Wow, um, who knew? Seriously, really, who 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 had any idea that would be stay staying up late and doing this three hundred episodes? And that's that's <laughs> weird. But um, also kind of special. I don't know why it's got something to do with having ten oh, fingers God. and ten toes or something like that. Unless you're Bobby Carey, in which case it's uh, nine and three quarters. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. So you all have yourselves a safe week. If you're in an area where the weather has been weird, please, again, just remember a ton of metal and rubber is no match for black ice. Do not tempt the fates. You will lose every time. 
And we will be looking forward to having you guys again uh, next week. Maybe, maybe we will add the video back again and see how that works out. I'm not quite sure. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, as always, just be safe. I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well, my lady. Coming up on 15 years, I am still in love. Matane Fujin. I love you. I miss you. You dream of me. As always, until the next time we get together, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.